stories you're about to hear are entirely true. They are some of history's most notorious and sinister mysteries. Whenever possible, the actual police and witnesses involved have been used in the recreation of these events. Your hosts, senior mystery analysts, Ben Pateski and John Nafziger, have been exploring the paranormal and the unknown for over a year. They dig deep for society's own good, working in the dark to bring the truth to light. This is Drunk Mysteries. Welcome back, my spooky seekers of truth and the scions that I would call my brethren. My wow. name is John, and I am joined on this most spooky and hollows of eaves by my uh, frightful co-host, Ben Pateski. John, that is right. It is a straight-up spook fest out here in the Drunk Ministry studio, and we are absolutely shaking in our boots. And tanked. And we're a little drunk. So, John, um, I would just like to bring attention to the ongoing holocaust of... of Your of, words. Well, by holocaust, I mean the hollowness of many listeners of other podcasts, not our own, and the cost that it's causing them. Many podcasters go their whole lives, which lasts as long as 90 years, without a single review. Wow. And John, you know what I say? I say let's stick it to them. Don't review their podcasts. Review ours. And if you review ours and you send an email to drunkmysteries at gmail.com, you know what we'll do? We'll, we leave, will... we'll read your name live on air. And we will make sweet love to you any way which you please. Interesting. Now, John, okay. uh, what beer are we drinking on on this fine e on this we, Hollow's Eve? Tonight, on this most spooky of nights, we've been drinking Lone Star. It's the wow. beer of choice for um, ourselves, Rust Cole from season one of True Detective, the good one, and also just rule breakers and ghouls alike. I think. Um, so, John, basically, what you're saying. If is you want to go, to, what I'm saying, Ben, don't take, don't speak for me. What I'm saying is that if you want to go out tonight uh, and egg some houses, drink a Lone Star before you do it. Is what I'm saying. Mischief Knight needs a mischievous beer. Exactly. Lone Star. It'll get you there. Hell yeah! Well said, um, Ben. Tonight. It's Halloween. Wow. We've talked about it. We've said it already. You know. Yeah. It's the most mysterious of holidays known to all mankind. Mm -hmm. It's shrouded in fucking darkness. Its true origins are still entirely unclear um, after all this time wow. on Earth. Um, some say that it has its roots in pagan traditions, while others believe the holiday takes its cues from the Celtic harvest traditions where they would harvest the wheat. Jesus and Christ. dress up and wear gourds. Some speculate that the holiday is simply capitalism manifested in its most evil form for a short while, and it's free to roam the countryside and ravage and rape and pillage. Ben, what are your thoughts on that? So, John, I disagree, because I think that we both know, as most of our listeners do, that Halloween is actually a pagan tradition that stems back from the Northern Celtic culture in the year 580 AD. Mm. Now, the Northern Celtics at that time believed in the god Ramesh. Ramesh was, of course, known as the god of pumpkins. And as the god of pumpkins, he demanded that a pumpkin-shaped person was sacrificed to him every single year on Halloween. Now, when they sacrificed this man, it was it was absolutely imperative that they carved a smiley face in his stomach, put a candle inside his body, and had him light from the inside. Now, since the year 1919, with the 15th Constitutional Amendment that says, Thou shall not turn one man 
into thy other man's pumpkin. And that's a fact. It's been legal. It's been illegal for someone to turn um, a human into a jack-o'-lantern. So never since then we've used pumpkins. John. But no matter what you believe, dear listener, I think that we could all agree that an eerie feeling permeates this night each year. Absolutely. Tonight, our mystery is about a young girl who celebrated Halloween, potentially in the pagan tradition, in the pagan mm. sense, but wow. we'll get to more on that later in the podcast. And this young lady's name is Hyun Jung Song, hmm. also known as Cindy Song. Wow. And she... Listeners, what we know is that the woman known as Cindy Song was a 21-year-old, beautiful South Korean prodigy attending the University of Pennsylvania State University. She attended during the late 90s and early 2000s. Now, folks, it's important to note here that we also know during this time, Joe Paterno was was covering up a sexual molestation scandal at Penn State. Now, John... There was a guy named Jerry Sandusky diddling kids. He was diddling kids, and Joe Paterno was the football coach at this university, and he knew about it at the time. Sandusky, and, also a coach on his staff. Exactly. So, basically, Joe Paterno is what they call in Latin, John, a despicable piece of shit. Right. And so, not to mention what the satanic being of Jerry Sandusky was doing, but I, I think it's important to know one thing, that... Cindy's song was due for peril. And if Penn State's police can let something as foul as the molestation of possibly millions of children go um, under the radar, then how do we know they didn't let a girl disappear and go under the radar? Exactly. And Cindy's song is a very innocent person. She was the top of the class. Mm -hmm. Um, Very good in both chemistry and alchemy. And also, um, physically striking. She, she, was had, a, she was a genius. But anyway, what happened? I'm trying to paint a picture here. Don't, okay, don't rush me, all right? Anyway, on this evening, uh, Halloween, October 31st, in 2001, Cindy, then a college senior, she dressed up as an adorable little bunny for a costume. Now, it's unclear through our research, we could not confirm, whether uh, the costume was like the Easter Bunny situation, like you would see at a mall, or more of like a Playboy, like sexy sort of bunny, but um, Rick Warren would like to, he wanted to emphasize that he would prefer the latter. Senior producer. Senior okay. producer Rick Warren. But John, um, whether or not he would prefer the latter, I, we know she was a, a strong Catholic. She was probably an Easter Bunny, but please continue. Well, I mean, Ben, so Cindy went out um, with some with two friends to a costume party mm-hmm. um, at a place called the Players uh, Nightclub. Mm-hmm. Um, with two, and it was in State College, uh, Pennsylvania, which is the town that Penn State's in. Wow. This possibly, this excursion could have possibly included, but not limited to, vodka shots, jello shots, ecstasy, Snickers bars, beer wine, tequila, marijuana cigarettes, Wait, and, John, I, I have a quick and Ben, lines of cocaine. Wow. So, John, I have a question, yeah. twofold question, actually. Okay. Was the ecstasy taken in pill form, or was it crushed up and snorted? That's my first question. Well, my, uh, my answer would be, I imagine it's pill form at this okay. time. It's early 2000s. They I think that right. was the, the peak of, like, branding your ecstasy. The other one you know? was, is did they inject anything into their veins via intravenous needle it did not seem so no i mean at least the crew and crowd we never found i don't want to get into whether or not we find her body but Mm. uh 
the other members of her friends didn't seem to have needle injections okay. present. So fine, right? Ben, I what, accept that. What happened after she possibly again? We don't even know if she did all this, but what happened after she possibly consumed all these illicit substances after the nightclub? So, John, after having her fair share of a fun time, Cindy and her friends spent the next few hours hanging out before she was dropped off at her apartment around four o'clock. The next morning, the details of her dropping off at the apartment are unclear. This was the last anyone ever saw of Cindy's song. John, the very next morning, Cindy's friends began to shake off their hangover and begin their day. Eventually, they realized it was time for their after-Halloween brunch. It's a they, tradition. Yeah, they, they all eagerly ran to the nearest Popeyes, and they began to you order... You go in costume. Yeah, exactly. You go in costume to the nearest Popeyes, you order biscuits, gravy, and everything you could want. But quickly, Cindy's friends became concerned when Cindy did not show up, because they knew that this was a favorite of many of her traditions. And this is before the era of texting, when like you could just immediately be like, oh, where is she? Or Facebook status updates, or Twitter, or Instagram. Um, you legitimately didn't know where she was. It's a mixture of like you had technology and like access and communications, but it still wasn't just the instantaneous thing we know today. So there was probably... Potentially, like, even a mixture of, like, oh, where is she? Oh, maybe she's just not making it. She's fine. But they didn't know. Yes, cell phones were large, cumbersome devices with extremely crappy battery life. For someone not to pick up their cell phone was not just normal. It was routine. Cell phones fucking sucked. And they were a bitch to talk on. So, John... There was an era where uh, the cell phone was larger than both of our penises. Yeah, but let's get back to the mystery. So, John, Cindy's friends eventually realized that... Cindy had gone missing. They couldn't find her anywhere. She had just gone kaput into the night like a cloud she flew the coop. into the wind. Flew the coop. So soon they called 911, and police detectives, including the late detective John Marshall Walker, showed up on the scene. Yeah. John Marshall was known for his muscular shoulders. He had been a power lifter in the late 80s, and ever since retiring from that profession, joined the police force to protect college kids. So soon he and other authorities searched Cindy's apartment, and this is done completely by the books. John Marshall was a man who would not tolerate police inconsistencies. You see, a lot of people think that the State College PD is is shit um, because of the whole paternal thing, but actually, there's a lot of good guys on that force. Yeah. Um, You see, like, it was more of an internal, like, containment thing. They didn't really involve the school. It never escalated. Obviously, State College PD is not in the locker rooms. I have no doubt that if Joe Paterno's a sinner. John, I think this is important. I I hope... I hope that if any state college PD officer had known that Jerry Sandusky was doing unspeakable things to children or Joe Paterno was covering up the fact that he was, they would have arrested them both, threw them in the slammer, and, and thrown Agreed. the key down Again, a well. Joe Paterno, Jerry Sandusky are terrible people because it's about But let's uh, get back to the mystery. I don't think we, wanna, I don't, I don't think we should rest on this You're too right. Much. You're right. State College PD did not find any signs of a struggle in Cindy Song's apartment. Yeah. Um, they also found parts of her costume, including fake eyelashes, her backpack, and her her so her brick esque cell phone. Um, Motorola razor, baby. Yeah, exactly. Not this is way this is pre razor. This is oh, 01. Wow. This is 01, baby. Sweet this is Jesus. like Nokia fucking brick in your hand. She was playing Snake on her phone. Yeah. She could do that. Anyway, so they found that in the apartment. They were very confident that she had entered the apartment. She had been there. She had okay. walked around. She had 
undressed a little bit. She'd gotten a little comfortable. But then what happened, Ben? Now, the police have two theories, but I would like to, at this point, get you to do a quick, brief recap, and then what do you think happened? Okay, so, John, being a large fan of Liam Neeson, I know for a fact that it is very possible for anyone to get kidnapped at any time. Now, I forget the name. Uh, Taken. Have you ever seen the movie Taken? I have. Okay, so, John, the movie in the movie Taken, Liam Neeson is a former CIA agent that, through a bunch of weird happenstances, has his daughter kidnapped. Yeah. Now, those people... She goes on a trip. Those people also made it look like so she had been in her apartment and just inexplicably disappeared. Now, John, what I think is this. If I had to guess, I think that this was some sort of sick group of um, pimps of some kind who kidnap women and make them and sell them into basically slavery for prostitution. They broke into this woman's house because they knew she wasn't an American citizen, probably didn't have any relatives in the U.S. That's a key and factor. And thought it's an easy victim. Key factor. So, I mean, the question is, was it though? Please continue, John. So the police, like I said, had two theories, and both of them were quite simple. They were going to Occam, they were going to Occam's Razor at the time. Mm-hmm. One was that she left to go to a 24-hour type gas station, like a 7-Eleven, if you will, mm-hmm. for like water or snacks. There was, in fact, one nearby her apartment. It was Maybe just even a sub. Right. Some Maybe she wanted some, yeah, or pizza. They got them in the little heat warmer thing. Absolutely. And, but while she did this, they thought maybe she got abducted along the way, which would explain that she had been in her apartment and left, but then, like, there wasn't a sign of struggle and nothing happened at the apartment. Yeah. The second theory was that she left the apartment with someone she knew voluntarily, potentially, and then was subsequently murdered gruesomely by them. Hmm. So, chapter six was Cindy sold into the sex trade. So, John, that is an extremely incendiary title, and I can only imagine you named it that because you're insensitive to all of our listeners that have been sold into the sex trade. So, John, here's what I think. I think that Cindy might have been kidnapped. She might have ran. I, I mean, okay, j- just to play devil's advocate, we to look at the facts here. All we well, know no, that was just the title. We know, I wasn't well, hold, asking. Hold on. You, all we know up to this point in the mystery is that Cindy is missing. I wasn't she could have run away. You. She could have been murdered. Been a, she a, could have. Um, she could have stopped with this line of inquiry. So she could have. She could have done anything that just involves her disappearing. But John, based on what we know about Liam Neeson's escapades and the movies taken, I'm inclined to think that we have some sort of for lack of a better word, evil group of human beings breaking into this poor 21-year-old girl's house. And, there were no signs of struggle. And here's the thing, John. Or forced entry. And John, here's the... And yeah, well, I mean, they, they could have been fucking sneaky. They could have Ben, used- Ben, again, I wasn't asking you if she actually did. I was just, like, phrasing the question. What are you okay. even talking about? It doesn't matter. <laughs> like, you Fine. said they broke into your... No- there was these- All, okay, so wait, John, whatever happened, she disappeared from her apartment... And a few weeks later, and 192 miles east of where this happened. No, wait a minute. What? You know, it was east. A few weeks later, and 192 miles away, in the fabulous city of Philadelphia, a beautiful woman matching Cindy's description was actually spotted by a Philadelphian local. Uh, whose name we could not figure out based on Rick Warren's She research. chose to be anonymous, I exactly. think. Exactly. The witness, this other witness 
who many say is also extremely attractive, claimed that she saw a woman screaming, crying for help, and being forced into a suspicious-looking car by a mysterious man. The man saw the witness and yelled at her to get lost. Not having a cell phone and being somewhat cowardly, this witness just chose to get lost. She chose her life, which is a basic human instinct. No one's kind of faulting her for that. Fine, like, but she she's just, like, okay, she could have called the She police. reported the incident. She did. Like, she went to the police. Was it says, soon enough, though, John? What could Was she do? Was it soon enough? What could she do? Attack. I'm just going to say, she didn't have a weapon. She's not prepared for this kind of situation. Okay, fine. She's maybe not trained in the fine. grappling arts like you are, Ben. Fine, maybe you're right. So, John, the man was said to have... blame her. The, the man was said to have a light brown complexion and a medium-length hair, so maybe down to his ears, relatively long. Um, he has never been identified to this date, but the woman also said he looked Asian in feature. So based on this evidence, do we think she was sold into the sex trade? All we know right now is that there is a darker-skinned Asian man who is forcing this other woman into the car. Now, John... If I, I'm not going to claim to know much about the sex trade. Mm, no, I don't even know where I was going with that, actually. But I'm not going to claim to know much about, you know, Asia or the sex trade or Asian men kidnapping women to put them into the sex trade. But here's yeah. what I do know. What do you know? I know that in the movie Taken, it was, in fact, an Indonesian force of people who were kidnapping people. That's true. No, John. This is not race baiting at all or anything in between, but Indonesia is pretty far south. Therefore, if you live in Indonesia, you're usually relatively tan. Okay. And they are a darker Asian subculture right, right, right. who, you know, may or may not have hands in the sex trade. At least some of them do, just statistically. So I'm not sure how... Okay. No, I see where you're going with this, and I somehow. And by don't the disagree. way, many of our listeners are Indonesian. I am not bullshitting. There was one week where we had over four thousand Indonesian listeners go onto our website alone, and this is exactly why I think it's important to invite the people of Indonesia to say something Join us if they in the see discussion. Some- yes, yeah, say say something. If you if- see something, say something. See something, say something. If you guys know anything about Cindy Song or potential sex traffickers, please. Email drunkmysteries at gmail.com and we will, we will alert the authorities. authorities. Exactly. And possibly wow. solve this Can mystery. Can we do this? Maybe. So 2003. John, yeah. A new dawn. In 2003, police connected Cindy's disappearance to a bank robber and suspected killer named Hugo Selinski. Hmm. So definitely not an Indonesian guy, but again, Indonesia. Probably you see something, Polish. say something. An informant told police that Selensky and his accomplice, Michael Krakowski, two Polish people, yeah, had abducted and killed a woman from State College that matched Cindy's description hmm. of being tall, elegant, sweet, charming, beautiful, and... Extremely intelligent. Ta- adept at various tasks. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, the informant led police to the locations... Of five bodies on Selensky's property. Wow. But after they did some DNA testings, they ran it through the lab, um, none actually proved out to be Cindy's song. So I'm assuming Selensky got off. Well. He did have five bodies on his property. One and one even turned out to be Kurkowski. They could, did confirm that via DNA test. Which so was, he actually murdered He Kurkowski. killed his friend. Okay, that's a story in and of itself. Yeah. But I'm assuming Selensky was probably a pretty bad guy. 
if he's murdering he, people, he like, he's definitely leave. seems bad. Yeah, like, negative, I, negative assume, aura. Was he like a Russian mobster or something, or an Eastern European mobster of some kind? Well, I mean, it what seems do we know about him? Or that, could he be connected? Like, here's the thing: could right, Zelensky could be connected? Search. Because I mean, European, like, okay. Eastern European mobsters are definitely the type of people who could have a hand in trafficking in the sex trade. So, John, what are we seeing on our Google Convicted so murderer Hugo Solensky's ex-girlfriend is going to federal prison. So that's unrelated to Hugo. Okay, so we know now in the year, um, when was that published? Hugo Solensky's daughter charged with domestic violence. The guy's got a... Okay, these are actual headlines that we're reading yeah. right now, and he's got a very Hugo violent Hugo Solensky timeline. So here we go. Um, well, that's, no, that's not helpful. Look, this is in real time, guys. I'm sorry for the relationship, but look, I think what we're planting the seeds here is that Hugo Solinsky, convicted of murder after bodies of at least five people found in the yard. This is published, um, February 2015 and, and 12th. Um, and John, please read. Authorities have wanted to nab Hugo Solinsky on murder charges ever since they searched his northwestern Pennsylvania yard in 2003 and found the bodies of a missing pharmacist, the pharmacist his girlfriend and at least three other sets of human remains it took nearly a dozen years and one failed prosecution but they finally got their man on wednesday um not this wednesday not today but after a jury convicted the 41 the then 41 year old uh, career criminal in the strangling deaths of pharmacist michael krakowski his accomplice and tammy facet so I okay, think so John, wait a that minute. tells us enough. I, wait, 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 you know? stay on this page, because sure. then I feel like this is where the mystery is taking us, and we need to solve it. <laughs> so, John, here's the thing. What do we know about mafia-style murders? They They're often gruesome. involve strangling, like the rope yes. around the neck. Yes, so here's what we I guarantee we know about Zelensky. So Hugo Zelensky, we're looking at pictures of him right now. He's a large, bald, sketchy-looking gentleman who's Burly fond dude. of suits. I think, I would actually guarantee that this gentleman is some sort of Eastern European mobster. The Polish and the Russians are, you know, they share a border. And I'm assuming that this guy could very well have been the type of person that had kidnapped Cindy Song initially. Maybe, um, maybe you know, sold her to some, um, you know, triad-like gang back east. Back up. So, let me do you one better because I think you're on the right track. Okay. But let's say this. So, she's captured by the Indonesians initially and sold into the sex trade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's purchased by Solinsky and his ilk um, through the sex trade, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He's just through whatever connections he had, too, he buys her and then eventually ends up killing her. Mm-hmm. Or somehow, yeah. and maybe it wasn't even Hugo that purchased her in the sex trade, uh-huh. but somehow or rather, she wound up from the sex, the Indonesian sex trade, into Hugo Solinsky's uh, possession, mm-hmm. and then was subsequently murdered and tortured, mm-hmm. and or pro- reversed, but you know, it's bad. And Gentlemen, I mean, and listeners, can I say as someone whose last name ends in ladies ski, and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, can I just can I just say as someone whose last name ends in ski, I do, do not condone this sort of behavior. John, please continue. So Ben doesn't condone it, and I got to be honest, as much as I, uh, I don't trust Ben a lot of times. I do believe what he's saying right now. See, he, he does not condone this type of behavior. That's See, there a fact. we go. So, so John, I think we should just finish Hugo Solinsky's story real quick. If you'll go back to that article, because I mean, right now what we have is I think the killer. So John, it took nearly a dozen years and one failed no we already talked about that okay so john Solinsky also ser- already serving a long prison sentence 
on an unrelated robbery charge now faces the potential death sentence after a jury concluded that he killed a couple during a 2002 robbery and buried bodies behind his house. Let's find out if Hugo Slinsky is still alive. Which is like he was facing the death penalty. In 2015. I mean... It's, it's, it's almost 2019. Like, is he alive? Type in... Wikipedia. Death. Is he alive? He's not going to have a Wikipedia. Okay, I would just type have. in death penalty. Or maybe obituary. Hugo Solinsky. Death penalty. It's great radio. I think if you're still listening, he avoided the death penalty. Ooh, wow. All right, so, so folks, jail, Hugo fucking... Solinsky has avoided the death penalty. John, click on that story, please. Okay. This is our chance to figure out if he has Russian mob ties and how he did it. And by the way, folks, what we are seeing right now is a man who is a straight-up killer. Google Hugo Solinsky and type in death penalty. He looks you... nefarious. He is smiling. No getting around he, it. He's smiling with his glasses on as he's walking away with guards on both sides of him. Skinheaded, he looks like a fucking psychopath. He crazy definitely has joined the Aryan Nation in prison. There's I, no, 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 I don't think so. Here's why: because he would have had his Eastern European mob ties there. That they that would have been the gang. I'm just saying he the looks Russian light folk. skinned and blue eyed. And his, no, I'm just saying that I feel like the I feel like the, I feel like the Eastern Mafia is scarier than right. the white supremacists. Okay, They're fair like, enough, fair enough. He's got a crew. It's a little different. Depend. Yeah. Right. So, John, please read. I don't know if this is actually relevant to a mystery. No, it is. We're going to see what happened to the man who Well, committed. it's just about what happened to him in a separate charge. It's, <laughs> that's all it is. Okay, well, folks, Hugo Solinsky right now has avoided the death penalty. We have not been able, as of you have been listening, to find any 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 news as to his current whereabouts. All we know is that he is alive and possibly out there. If you're on our there, newsletter, Rick Warren is going to be doing more um, research. Uh, you can subscribe to our newsletter by subscribing and reviewing to our podcast and leaving your email Folks, in the uh, description. Absolutely. And we also have a website, drunkmysteries.com. And if you subscribe to our news page there, you can get all the news you've ever wanted. We covered animal attacks for a week straight once. But to bring this home, the case uh, of Cindy Song would go cold again until 2014 when authorities announced that the badly destroyed remains of seven other people were found on Solinsky's property. Though those murders actually were never linked to Solinsky, they were likely linked to his mafia ties, uh, the actual murders, maybe not the stowing so of the murders. So Hugo Solinsky's but a really none bad proved guy. to be Cindy Song. So wait a minute. Yeah, I know because they were all burnt, so they were probably pretty disfigured. So I think we can. I think we can clear one thing up, is that she was living in proximity tone, a known psychopathic murderer. Speculate Hugo well. Solinsky. Spe- no, he- well okay, that's me. what I'm doing right now. So Hugo Solinsky, I think we can agree, is a really bad fucking guy. Dark he dude. has at least five other dead people on his property. I'm assuming he doesn't keep all the people he's killed on his property. Unlikely. So he's probably killed many more than five people. Um... Many of the bodies are badly mutilated and burnt, so they can't be proved to be anyone, let alone Cindy Beyond Song. recognition, even DNA testing. Yeah, I think, okay, I think that it is safe to say... I'm spooked. Given the fact that Hugo Solinsky is a known maniac, and he was with probable mafia dies, and Cindy Solinsky went, I mean, Cindy Song went missing, and Cindy Song was seen to be taken away by a creepy man, he probably fucking killed her. Well, 
I think you're probably right, honestly. So uh, really all I want to say is be careful when you're out yeah. there trick-or-treating getting drunk. They say Hugo Skolinski um, still ha- haunts the streets of Halloween to this day. <laughs> Oof, I'm sorry. The, it's the lung. It. I got really the, nailed it. He's, he's, got, got the, he's got the dark I've, lung. I've got um, the fisherman's lung. This, uh, our, our, we want to shout out to our sources. This uh, whole tale was featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, the Wait, TV show. John, we have to tell them not the thing that they can't do now, though. What can't they do? Oh, you wait, you don't want me to say the thing? I know, I do want you to say it. <sighs> okay. 100%. Why would you think I wouldn't want you to tell our listeners? Okay, folks, 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 don't folks, do this. folks, folks, folks. Ben, this ben. Halloween, if you look into your reflection on a silver refrigerator and say the name Hugo Selinski 23 times in a row while looking into your reflection on a silver refrigerator, Hugo Selinski will appear kidnap you and sell you into the sex trade so whatever you do this hollows eve or any hollows eve into the remember future, remember never say hugo Solinsky 23, 23 times, times into, into a, a silver refrigerator into a silver refre- reflective refrigerator say it again say it again in synchronization never, never say, say hugo Solinsky 23, 23 times into a silver refrigerator on halloween on halloween wow and folks stay safe this halloween trick or treat but don't be uh, selling girls into the sex trade. And so, John, I, I just before we go, I have to thank our sources for this. Um, I, I want to thank Rick Warren, Mayor Pena. Um, Big influence, Mayor Pena. He yeah, had a Mayor, lot to Mayor say Pena about this whole subject. Mayor Pena has stayed on as a correspondent ever since we covered that last Mexican uh-huh, history. Uh-huh. Um, I would also like to thank Field Agent Cassie. She has been doing great work for us. And you know what, Field Agent Cassie? Ever since you told us that thing you do, you know what? It's made you a better agent. We'd also like to thank um, Bill Klutenhausen. He is our local neighborhood kook here in Austin. You made that up. Um, I would like to thank you, listener, for subscribing and reviewing to this podcast. Thank you. In whatever app you listen to, because if you haven't, then you are certainly no friend of ours. And uh, do it, and we will become great friends. We will do whatever you want. Fulfill your wildest fantasies. So <laughs> thank you, Lone Star. And I mean your wildest fantasies. John, there's nothing that is off limits. If a, if a listener wants to abuse us, beat us, scream at us, spit on us, pour hot wax onto our backs, it doesn't matter. We'll let you do it. Just subscribe and review, please. We're desperate and we've been naughty boys. We'll see you next time on Drunk, Drunk Mysteries. Mysteries. Ben, now, do you find that whistling at a woman is effective? In, John, if there's one thing I interest? know, if there's one thing I know about ladies, and sorry I interrupted the end of your question, but I assume what you were about to say is, do you think whistling at a woman is effective in generating? It interest? was. So, John, that was what I was going to say. answer your question, absolutely. If there's one thing I know about the ladies, it's they love it when you make noises at them. Now, that's I've grunting. seen you, but the thing is, I've seen you out in public. I've seen you often attempt this mm-hmm. whistling technique. I've seen yes. you yell things. I've seen mm-hmm. you uh, make overt sexual movements. And Absolutely. It, it, I, to be honest, in real time, I have yet to see a success. Well, John, what you have to bear in mind is, is that it's a numbers game. When you whistle at one woman, you know, there's a one, there, there's about a 99.999% chance that she won't like it. But if you whistle at a thousand women, eventually you're going to get that diamond in the rough. 
that statistical anomaly who is into you just making a noise at her. It, the same goes for grunting. I mean, there's there's about four billion women in the world, and um, you know, there, there's a lot of freaks out there. I have and, often said that I'm going to make sure that quote it's a numbers game end quote is written on your tombstone. Absolutely, because I mean, John. That's the way I 